so today we're starting a new series called Silent Night. I know I feel kind of weird. I'm wearing a Be Kind sweatshirt. Um, and so, like, I ordered this sweatshirt during our Carpo series because I was preaching on kindness in San Angelo campus. And um, so I ordered it for that series specifically for that day. I was like, I'm going to wear a sweatshirt. It says, Be Kind. Like, this guy, this pastor that I order like some of my t-shirts from that have cool sayings and stuff. And, and he had it and I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm getting that. And uh, it didn't come in on time. Uh, there's a whole mix up issue, techno- technology issue, and it didn't even come in. I didn't get to preach in it. And then it finally came in. I was like, I don't even care if it's Christmas time and we're not in Carpos anymore. I'm wearing a Be Kind sweatshirt today. But we are actually in a, in a kind of Christmas series called Silent Night. Our senior pastor, uh, Walt Landers, uh, this was on his heart. And, uh, and really, for the first week, um, he really wanted us to kind of talk about this, this concept of loss. And, and, um, and I was like, great. And so I was going to be first in Arlington to kick off the series. And, and I was like, man, 2020, loss of expectation. There's my title if you're taking notes, loss of expectation. It has been one of those years. You know, I remember uh, when I was a kid. <clears throat> As we all do as kids, we start to collect Christmas gifts under the tree. And I remember this one particular year of all the years, talking, I was actually visiting with my mom uh, this weekend, and, and I was talking to my mom about this because there had been something I'd asked for. It was a small something, and I remember then the day, well before Christmas, when all of a sudden I see a small box wrapped under the tree with my name on it. I thought, surely that's it. Like the excitement of like, that's what I asked for, that's what I want, like, it's there, it's waiting for me, that's my gift. And I remember one day when my mom was still at work, and I was home alone, uh, some of you may identify with this, and if you don't, don't tell on me, but um, I actually told myself this morning at breakfast, but anyway, and, uh, and I was like, so I went while she was gone, and I unwrapped it carefully, carefully, unwrapped meticulously not to ruin the packaging or mess up the tape and I unwrapped my gift the excitement had boiled over into the point that I then opened the box to not find what I had expected to not find what I had asked for to not find what I was hoping to find that's 2020 wrapped up I feel like I don't know about you but it has been one of those years so many of us, we came into this year with all these expectations and hopes of what we were going to do, what we were going to accomplish. We we're going to go on that vacation that we maybe had been putting off. We we're going to pay off that, that loan. We were going to do this and do that and, and not do certain things like wear a mask. Like never on our radar was wearing a mask to go to the store and, like, and, and do some of that. Uh, two weekends when I was up here, I went with my daughter to the mall, and it was towards the end of that trip that I was finally like, why did we come here again? Like, I'm tired of this mask. And, uh, but, of course, I was there for her. But, um, and me a little bit. But anyway, and so it has been one of those years. It's been a tough time here recently. I know for San Angelo campus, I, I mean, just Wednesday I did a funeral. I did a funeral for a church member who I didn't even know out of part of our San Angelo campus, and uh, last minute was performing a funeral on Wednesday evening that, that just that, that came down to me um, and in various situations. And we had two other long-term church members pass away within that week as well. And so we're experiencing 
this situation, these circumstances that we're all, we're all in this together. And 2020, a loss of expectation. We had these expectations. We had these things that we had planned on, but yet this year has looked different. And, and so I processed what this was going to look like. And as I actually processed loss of expectation and I had these ideas that actually came into my mind, then I got on my computer and I like searched the word expectation on my computer and it's like, oh, I found a previous sermon where I talked about expectation. What is that? And I look at my notes and I'm like, oh, that was only two years ago. Oh, I was about to re-preach that sermon and not even realize like that's where my heart was. And I was like, okay, so I'm gonna try not to re-preach my sermon from two years ago. But I gotta say what really stood out to me was these, these incidences where angels are appearing to parents, where angels are appearing to parents. And obviously, being the Christmas season, we're going to look at the very first one on my list, not the first one that happens chronologically, but on my list is the angel appearing to Mary. If you have your Bible in Luke chapter 1, in Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at the angel of the Lord appearing to Mary. And we're just going to go ahead and read a little bit extra and give some context, and it's Christmas time, so it's What's better the time than to, to read kind of what's going on here with, with Mary? But it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And because we have the baby here, I won't yell, but you notice there's an exclamation point there. Like the angel's yelling a little bit. I like how verse 29 even helps us understand Mary's situation because it says, confused and disturbed. Well, yeah, she's disturbed. An angel just yelled at her. Like, come on, man. She says, so of course, of course. So anyway, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Can I get an amen to that? His kingdom will never end. I feel like this angel is almost trying to sell Mary a little bit, though. It's like if you go to buy a car, and the salesman is trying to give you all the good. Here's all the perks, right? I feel like Gabriel is here trying to, trying to sell Mary a little bit. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the, baby, um, so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant." May everything you have said about me come true. I am the Lord's servants. May everything you have said about me come true. My pray for us before we get more started into the sermon. Father, we confess at this time that we are your servants. May everything that you have said about each one of us, your sons, your daughters, the ones that you have made in your image, we who are here with you and that you are with us, that you have a plan for and a purpose for, may everything that you have for us come true. And amen.
That's kind of a dangerous prayer. I think even, even the acknowledgement of you found favor in the sight of God. Found favor. I've, I've met so many people in my, my Christian life who are searching out and seeking out favor. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. You can do that. But be aware that when, we find, when people find favor with God in the Bible, there's usually a pretty big challenge with that. It's not like Cozy Street, like, oh, you're just going to get this moment of luxury. Um, I wish I could quote what Emily said. There was a, there was a statement that she made, um, and I, I didn't write it down. And I was like, I'm going to get that later, though. But I was like, oh, that was so good. I, I loved how she had worded that about uh, being saved to be comfortable. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a challenge involved. And, and in this, I feel like that's this year. You see, Mary was in this situation, and yeah, this situation was really brought on by God, but you see, Mary had an expectation of life, an expectation of marriage, an expectation of family. She had this expectation of what the next day was even going to possibly look like, and yet here is the Lord intervening in her situation and offering a loss of expectation. That, 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 oh, things are going to shift here. You found favor in something. It's going to look a lot different than you thought it was going to look like. And we see Mary's response, but is that my response? I mean, can I possibly identify with Mary in this situation that I would say so willingly, yes? Angel Gabriel, you better sell me real good. <laughs> you, better, you better really work that up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a little bit more um, like script from you on selling me for whatever it is you're trying to do for me. I know it's good because it's from God. So the, the question is not, not is it hard, not is it challenging, but the question is, is it good? So if it's good, then I got to give it to God. But still, that's pretty challenging. And in the midst of this, you know, at the beginning of the scripture that I shared, it talks about in the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Well, that's worded for a specific reason, but because before that in the story, we hear about an angel appearing to Zechariah. See, Zechariah, family member, he's the father of John the Baptist, and yet he's this old man, and we won't dig into all the scripture, but Zechariah, this old man who's, who's not had any children with his wife, Elizabeth, and, and um, in the situation, and he's one of the most religious people probably in their family, and, and um, and an angel appears to Zechariah with a similar kind of situation. But we do see in, verse, in chapter 1 and verse 18 there in Luke, I like how it says, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. I'm glad she went around to hear him say that, by the way. Men, don't ever say that. It doesn't matter how old you are. Do not follow in the footsteps of Zechariah right there. And, uh, but thankfully, she wasn't there to hear it. But Zechariah, th- th- he responds with a situation of doubt. One of the most religious men in the family, a priest, and yet and he's even in the temple and, uh, and, 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 and doing his, his priestly duties. And then, and, uh, Zechariah, surely you remember Abram and Sarai. Surely you remember the teachings that you've grown up with. And yet here you're being presented as an old man with a promise, a promise that you've walked in, you've waited for, that you've hoped for. You have prayed so many times and probably so many hours for this miracle to take place in your life. And now that the promise of this miracle has arrived, 
you, you can't get past the natural to see the supernatural. But I don't know about you, but I could definitely identify with Zechariah. By the way, I think it takes six months for Gabriel to get from Zechariah to Mary because I, I feel like he probably kind of got reprimanded. And, you know, it's like Zechariah's like, I don't understand. And, and, and Gabriel's like, boom, you're mute. And he's like, there you go. Now you don't have to worry about talking back, right? Listen more than you talk situation. I feel like maybe Gabriel just kind of got reprimanded. So, you know, six-month probation. He had to wait until he got to marry. So, anyway, just my theory. It's not theological. Don't take that and run with it. Gabriel, Zechariah, what do we do when we experience? And, and, and what I struggle with is, is Mary's experience in this loss of expectation, almost in this way of like this thing that she had never thought about, this thing she had never planned for, and then all of a sudden her expectations being flipped. Zechariah, I think, has had this expectation of all his life of having a child, and yet it's never come through. I almost wonder if he's still praying for it, but he's given up on it. It finally comes through, and yet he's now in this place of doubt. But wait a second, your expectation of negative, of never getting this thing you're believing in, is being taken away. The negative is being subtracted and separated, and, and, and what, we're, what you've hoped for is what we're giving you. And yet he can't, he can't, he can't understand it. Mary and Joseph may be receiving something great, but also difficult. A change from everything they ever expected. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were facing something difficult, but yet now great. A change from everything they had expected. Expectations. We have positive expectations and negative expectations. And so my title, when I, when I say loss of expectation for this year, it doesn't have to be negative. What does this year look like? Maybe there were times of this year where you didn't understand having to separate, but it created space, it created time, it created peace um, in the midst, if you turned off the news, that is, and, and, and you found peace and you found something that you weren't looking for this year. Remember at the beginning of quarantine, sitting down and actually doing a better job of recreating family time this year. At the beginning, and I was so, so thankful, my 19-year-old, well, and during quarantine, she turned 19, um, my 19-year-old, 17-year-old um, now, they've both had birthdays during quarantine, and, um, and at the beginning, in us creating that, and I'm so grateful, because now my 19-year-old is married, <laughs> it's crazy, probably about to move off to another city um, with her husband, and, and, and go start their life, and, and, and we're excited for her and him, and it's going to be awesome, but it's not what we expected this year, but oh my goodness, is it great. Oh my goodness, is it good. And it's been a great year, and so we were able to take some of those times and be intentional as parents. Some of the, the last moments we're going to have with our children in this kind of way, because they're teenagers, I'm almost there. Yes, thank you for your prayers. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. I know y'all are just starting... <laughs> Oh, my goodness. This has been a year of many opportunities. And so what's the situation that we're dealing with? It's a loss of expectations, but there's also been opportunities. With all the weird things that have happened, have also created opportunities for us to what? Respond. 
as Christians, one of the greatest things that I feel like we tend to overlook, but it's one of the greatest opportunities we ever have, is simply how we respond to everything in our lives. It's simply not what comes at us, but how we respond to what comes at us. Not what happens in society, but how we respond to what happens in society. Not what's going on worldwide, but how we choose to respond to it. And the same thing is with our situations. It's not what God throws at us or what life throws at us. We're not going to give all, the, we're not going to give all these negativities in this year, even though I'm kind of almost focusing on what God is doing in these situations. But I'm not saying that this year was God. And you may have that opinion, and that's okay. But this year is just circumstances. It's life. It, it's difficult. It's what we're promised. And so the question is, what is our response? Do I have the response of Mary? Or do I have the response of Zechariah? <laughs> you know, and maybe, maybe some of us need to have the Zechariah response, like after he was muted, which, by the way, he's got to go home, mute, and tell his wife that they got to get it on, Right? I'm just speaking real here. They got to they like, you know what I mean? They're supposed to have a baby. It's not a miracle baby like Mary. He's got to go home. Husband's just trying to just give you a little encouragement. You can use words. Speak kindly. <laughs> Speak romantically. But here, here's Zechariah. He's got to go home mute. He can't communicate with his wife, and he's got to try to convince her of some, uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. How do we respond? What are we responding? Are we responding out of love, or are we responding out of fear? What is our situation, what is our confidence in? And as I kept wrestling with the, the, the scripture, and as I kept thinking about these, these New Testament situations where, where God showed up and, and, and changed the expectations of somebody's life in these situations, especially around the Christmas story, my mind just kept taking me back to an Old Testament story. An Old Testament story we find not the first time that the Lord shows up to Abram earlier in Genesis, but in Genesis chapter 22, we see another situation where Abraham has already had his son. And, and he's gone through this whole process. And, and, and even with that, you know, there's been the promise and he's been told. And then what he's been told came to fruition. And, and now he's raising his son. And... Uh, and then he comes and the, and the Lord challenges Abraham. I need you to sacrifice your son. I need you to give up your son for me. The one who gave, it, gave him to you. I need you to give him up. And I thought about this story. You see in Genesis chapter 22, and we'll pick up in verse 9. And you can, you can read the full context of it later. But it says, when they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied. By the way, Another, another quick story. I was, uh, I was teaching this story in kids' church. I, was, I think I was the next-gen pastor at the time, and, uh, and our, our kids' director asked me to come, and we were, like, working on rotation and bringing in some different um, faces from our staff and an and, and opportunity to hang out in kids. And, and this is the story I ended up with, which I'm like, oh, my goodness, you want me to, you 
me tell this story in kids? Like, okay, how am I going to do this, right? And, uh, and, uh, but, I'm, but I'm telling the story, and, and in the story, the way, it was, the way it was laid out, the angel appeared and said, stop. And I yelled real loud with all the kids on the floor. And then all of a sudden, like, and I gave that dramatic pause after stop, right? And all of a sudden, this little girl voice comes from the crowd and says, you sound like my daddy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, it's like, I didn't even know what to do in that moment. <laughs> it was hilarious, and I also felt bad. <laughs> the angel appears and calls to him, and Abraham says, yes, here I am. And the angel says, don't lay a hand on that boy, the angel said. Do not hurt on him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in a place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh. <clears throat> you know, I always get it. When it's, when it's spelled this way, I get it wrong. But I like how the common understanding would be Jehovah Jireh. The way we would pronounce it, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. I love this story because one of the stories I don't want to dig too deep down into, but one of the stories, I, one of the aspects I do want to hit on, in case you didn't know, is this, this concept. You see, Abraham, he didn't even question that he's supposed to sacrifice his son. Why? Because it was completely understood for his time. Oh, because that tribe and that culture. Uh, those people in that group and a part of that kingdom, yeah, that's what they do. They sacrifice children. It was, it was a clear understanding. So when God, the God that I know, asked, me, uh, asked the same expectation of me, I don't question it. I follow through with it, and I'm going to do the same thing. But then God shows up and says, you see, because what everybody else does in culture is not what I call you to do. I'm looking to show you that I'm a different God than everybody else. And it's not about the sacrifice for you to get to me. I'm showing you something. I'm coming to you in this situation. And I want to show you something that's very different from everything else you've known. Very different from everything else you've known. Is that 2020 for us? Are we in our position of knowing God, of following Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit? Are we able to walk in a position of being very different than everything else we've known? To, to, to act, to respond, to react very differently than everything else? It's one of the reasons I loved our Carpo series so much in the midst of a pandemic, that we would be reminded of the fruit of the Spirit's being cultivated and watered and grown and spoken to by our God through his power to be displayed in our lives for those around us. Abraham was dealing with a loss of expectation, an expectation of religion, an expectation of life. He was willing, and God wanted to show something different this wrestling. Jehovah Jireh. I wonder if Mary had any of the, uh, the, 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 the flashbacks to Abraham, that if Mary in her situation had any of those. I can only imagine Mary, hopefully, I mean, we, we saw where Zechariah had some of the same kind of response of disbelief 
as Sarah had with Abraham. And yet in this situation, um, we, we have Mary, who would have known this story, who would have grown up with this story. And to have another couple following after God, chasing God, and, and to have this promise of God given to them. And surely Mary in this situation would have, would have had these same feelings. Oh, this is my God. This is my Jehovah Jireh who provides. And here I am. And God is choosing me. I found favor in his eyes. And surely, surely in this moment, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. Joseph even had a plan, and the angel appears to Joseph in a dream that we find in Matthew. And the angel, and I like how the, how the word says that Joseph had set in his mind. See, Joseph had a plan. He had an expectation for what life was going to look like. Marrying his wife and starting a family and, and work and where they were going to live. And now Joseph, he's becoming, let's be real, he's becoming a stepfather. He's going to father a child that's not even his and, and having to believe the word of his wife or soon-to-be wife and, and the situation and fleeing and, 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 and everything that comes with this. And Joseph had an expectation, and, and here we are in this situation. But what matters is our response, because even though he had said it in his mind, when the angel spoke to him, he changed it. What matters is our response. What has been your situation this year? Has, has God been doing something in your life that you realize is unexpected? Was it just life doing something in your life that was unexpected? Maybe you feel like it's the enemy that has been in your life doing something unexpected this year. Regardless of where the, uh, the unexpected comes from, regardless of the source of the, uh, of the loss of expectation, what it really comes down to is our response to this expectation. And is our God the Jehovah Jireh? Is he the one in the midst of our situation that provides? And Mary to bring Jesus forth to, to, to give birth to our Savior in this time that we celebrate it is so awesome. And Mary then to raise the Son for him to grow up. And I can only imagine if the Jehovah Jireh was the same response that Mary had at the foot of the cross. It was Jesus is hanging. Her son, our savior. God in the flesh. The true living God. But Abraham's son, was, was so, he didn't have to be sacrificed. And what is this situation that I now face as Mary, as the mother of Jesus, that, that, that my son would have to hang on the cross? Because God is still Jehovah Jireh. And God is still showing us that even on the cross, that it's not about you getting to me, it's about me getting to you. It's still my provision. It always has been my provision. It is my provision. And it always will be my provision in your life. The question is, how do you respond? Do you accept my provision? Do you receive what I offer? Do you respond with kindness and, and, and with just saying yes? And that's the challenge that we face. So how do we respond?
you know, back when I was a kid again with that gift that I had unwrapped that uh, was not what I expected. I, uh, I'm sitting there now in my disappointment, my loss of expectation. It wasn't what I wanted. And, but now I've still got still to deceive my mom, right? I've still got to rewrap this. I can't just rewrap it. Like, I've got to wrap it perfectly. Like, the way my mom wrapped it is how I have to wrap it. And so here I am, uh, a young kid. Uh, I'm not encouraging you by the way of, of doing anything. Um, and so, but anyway, <laughs> I will tell the stories. And, uh, and so I'm rewrapping this. I got to get it just perfect and get it just right so my mom never knows. And I put it back, I put it back under the tree. And then, of course, you know, it's like I'm sitting here in this disappointment because, like, now I'm sitting with this up until Christmas, up until I get to actually open this gift. And I already know this gift is not what I want or wanted. You know, see, being, being 40-something now, I look back, and I find it so funny because I'm so often reminded of this, this experience I had as a kid in my life. Because I look back, and I cannot tell you to this day what I actually asked for what I actually wanted. I cannot tell you to this day what I actually expected. But I can tell you what I got. And I wish to this day that I still had that Batman keychain that my mom got me as a kid for Christmas and I still had it today. And I don't. But I'll never forget, I can picture it clearly in my mind, what it looked like, how it felt in my hand, and the experience that went with it why? Simply because I made a change in my heart and made a decision to receive and accept, to move forward with what I had in that situation, even if it wasn't what I expected. And I think the same is for us, that even if this isn't what we expected in the, the, the trauma and the situation and the difficulties that we faced and the thing that broke down that we didn't expect to have to pay for, what it comes down to is how we move forward with it more than anything else is how we choose the next steps, how we choose to walk in faith. And that a loss of expectation is not a loss of hope. A loss of Jesus on the cross clearly after three days in his resurrection was not a loss of hope. It was a building of hope. The Savior being born of a virgin in such a way was a building of hope, even though there was a loss of some expectations of what it was going to be and how it was going to go. Can we, can we walk in the same way? As I'm finishing up, we're about to sing a final song. And our prayer team is going to be available for you. But I'd like to pray for you. Regardless of what we face, regardless of the situations, and, and even, I believe, regardless of even how good some things have taken place in our lives, a loss is still a loss difficulty is still challenging. We need times to still be able to, to mourn, to move past, but to look up and to look up to God. I want to finish with Psalm 40 before I pray real quick. And this is a very different version. It's not a translation you're going to find in your YouVersion Bible app. Um, but you've got 50 more on your Bible app on your phone, so you can read one of your versions later. 
And in Psalm chapter 40, written as a rock ballad, it says, it gives us context of David feels like he's sinking in quicksand. And it says, I waited, waited quiet, quite calm. He turned towards me, grabbed my arm, pulled me up from the cesspool's hold, away from the filth, the mud, the cold. He stood me firm on solid rock, a place no one dare knock. He taught me a brand new song to sing, spot on for the only true king. Many will hear, many will see and fear and rely on awesome God making it here and rely on awesome God making it here.